Well, we're going to dive into, uh, continue on our teaching on battlefield. And um, it is important that we are both informed, get this now, and equipped. That we're both. I mean, you know, you can have the equipment, but if you're not informed, you're going to cut your finger off. Okay? You know, and so we, it's not just the equipment and it's not just the information, it's both. And so our goal every time that we are uh, gathered together, sharing in the word, is we want to inform and educate our minds. We want to stir our hearts and we want to motivate our will. And we believe that by the power of the word, God's presence and your willingness in that, that we'll leave here better than when we came in, informed and equipped and ready to do something about the things that, that we face in life. Can you say something about that this morning? And we're in a battle. All of us are in a battle. If you didn't know you were in a battle... Um, you just thought that was life. Yeah, it is life. That battle, battle goes with it as long as we're on this planet living this life. How many of you have found, uh, yeah, yeah, there's battle going on in my life. Okay. And, and either you just came out of some, you're in some now, uh, there'll be some soon. And I don't say that to discourage you. I say it to encourage you because what we're talking about is how to deal with, uh, these kind of things. So let's look in Ephesians chapter six, and we're going to read about three verses here, three, four verses. I know. Um, And this is from the New Living Translation. It says, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you, say that's me, so that you will be what? You will be able, you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, because of all of that, put on every piece of God's armor. So you, there you are again, say say that's me. So you will be what? Able, there it is again, to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, come on, you know where I'm going. You, say that's me you will still be standing firm. I'm not doing that to aggravate you this morning. I'm I'm doing that so that you can see how to apply scripture and put yourself in scripture there. Yes, we're in a battle, but God gives us what we need. And ultimately, if you cooperate with God in this, then you will be able to win and still be standing when, when things are over. Amen. In the message paraphrase, let me read the same passage for you. It says, And that about wraps it up. God is strong and he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials, and put them to use so you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. This is no afternoon athletic contest that we will walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps, a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. Be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get. Every weapon God has issued. So that when it's all over but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. I love it. I love it. So we're in a battle. We know who our enemy is. It's the devil. He he fights in a lot of different ways. Sets up a lot of different things. And ultimately we know that he's a deceiver. Okay? He's a deceiver. And what he will do is... Schemes, strategies, devices, wiles, as the scripture says, is this hierarchy of evil. He's got his evil cohorts. And what we're trying to do is identify 
how he works, what are his devices, where he works those things so that, that we're aware. And, and like I said last week, if we know that at this, at this point, at third and one, he always runs this play, then we're, we're going to be ready, you know, to handle that. You, you're with me on that. And, and we also need to know the battlefields that he operates in. So Paul said that if we're not ignorant of his vices, of his devices, then he can't take advantage of us. So that's what we're doing is knowing what those devices are so that we cannot be taken advantage of. We've looked at some of the battlefields and uh, let's just remind ourselves just real quick the things that he uses. First of all, he uses what? Darkness. Darkness is the absence of what? Of light. And this is figurative, it's symbolic of, of knowledge. And so what he likes to do is keep you in the dark about things. So that there are things that you don't know. So that there are things that you don't understand. Things you can't see. And obviously the answer for that is, is, is light. But this battlefield happens in the mind. This happens in the mind. And our answer, of course, is light. And we're going to get light. Now follow this because you're going to need to know this in a moment. You're going to need to know it for life too. We're going to get light from God's presence. God's word and God's people. Okay. Go ahead and say it with me. God's presence, God's word and God's people. And that's where you're going to get light. And if you got light, then you're going to see, oh, I'm not going to step there or I'm not going to touch that. Or I I know to duck uh, if you have, if you have the light. And then the second thing we looked at last week, do you remember what it was? Good. Dryness, dryness. And this battlefield is actually in the soul. It's in the soul. And what dryness actually is, is uh, a thirst, a dissatisfaction, a discontent. And that's a very dangerous thing. And as I told you, you need to constantly keep looking in your life because if you have areas of dissatisfaction, pay attention to that. Treat that as a crisis. You must see that as a crisis because otherwise you're going to try to quench that thirst with wrong things. And, it, it, and then whatever you try to quench it with, it's a wrong thing. It's only going to make you more thirsty. So it leads you further and further away, whatever that would be, that dryness in the soul. So again, we need the water of life. We need to get roots down by the river of life. And whereas darkness is the mind, that affects how you think. This goes a little bit deeper because this is not just the mind, this is the soul. And that's where you think, that's where you feel, and that's where you decide. So this is incredibly strategic right here that we've got to be aware of this uh, or the devil will take advantage of you. So all of that said, looking at, at all of that together, the combo for this then to have the light that we need, the water, so to speak, that we need, that's going to come from God's presence, God's word and God's people. Now, let me, let me show you how that kind of plays out a little bit. They all overlap and they, pro- they produce and provide those things in your life. And one of the ways that that works in a Christian life, if you want to be a successful Christian, and I'm not talking about business where I'm talking about living a successful Christian life, um, there's some things that have to happen. You, first of all, and this will be some review for you, but it's so important it is worth reviewing. You need to spend time alone. Everybody say alone. I, I'm convinced of this. If you don't have some time alone, you're not near as good as what you could be for everybody else. If you don't have time alone with God, let me put it this way. I think there's some things God will only say to you. God will only show you when you're by yourself. 
And so if you're never alone with God, there's some things that you are missing. I believe in life, there's nothing that is locked that God cannot unlock or show you the key. And so often that happens just in that alone time. That's vital. Second thing that goes along with that, must go with that, is all together. Everybody say all together. And that's times like this. The Bible says not to forsake the assembling of ourselves. Instead to make this actually a habit. This is a pattern. We should be addicted to coming together. And, and, and there's something that happens in this setting that doesn't happen in any other setting. So if you're alone time, you have you, you must have as well is what we call together. Everybody say together. And that's, you know, it's things that can't, can't and don't happen when you're just alone. They can't and don't happen when we're just all together. They happen when you're in a smaller group. That's why we have small groups. And we're in small groups now. And we'll be launching again toward the end of uh, June. And check your welcome home because there's some important dates. That if you want to lead a group or you want to be in a group, we encourage everybody to, to uh, get in groups. Because what happens in that together time, it's more than just, hey, good to see you. It's time where you can share together. You can talk together. You can get close to people. Hey, I've got this need. Would you pray for me? You can laugh together. You can ask questions. Uh, We all have that need to know and to be known, to love and to be loved, to serve and to be served. And we believe we are better together. And so you've got to have alone, you've got to have all together, and then you've got to have together. And then what that gives you in your life, now hang on with me, is God's presence, God's word, and God's people. And that's going to be your solution for all of this. That's the most comprehensive, quick review I've ever done in my whole life right there. Right there. Let's order pizza. No, let's don't. All right. So what the enemy has to do is he's going to have to get you off the right path or keep you from the right path. So he's got to divert traffic, so to speak. He's got to detour you. He's got to distract you to keep you off that right path. So today, let's look at this direction, direction. And I want you to know that this is a critical critical area of your life, direction for your life. The enemy is not so much concerned about messing up your morning. Okay. Think about this with me. Um, some people think that's the devil. I burned my bagel. I spilt my coffee. I'm having a bad hair day. Cat got out. I'm already late for work. The devil. Well, you know what? I wish that's all the devil did. Y'all here that, you know, I'm sure he, he loves to use some of those things, but how many of you know, part of that was you. Okay. I just want to get that out. Cause sometimes I think we give the devil far more credit than he deserves. The devil burned my bagel. No, you have that thing set on 20. Okay. You spilt your coffee. You let the cat out, you know, uh, don't know what to say about your hair, but, um, Because I'm not an expert. Just wanted to throw that in. Because if I were, but I'm not. Anyway, uh, the devil is far more concerned about the trajectory, the direction of your life than your mourning. Because your your direction of your life, that's going to affect generations. Your mourning, you can fix that by lunch. And think about it. I'm thinking about this just as a man and as a young man. And then as a boy, that if you can throw off the direction of someone's life, 
Think about this. This is where the devil gets involved. Let's get mom and dad really messed up. Let's get them split. Let's get one of them so preoccupied with this or that that they can't pour into this one. And then wrong teachers, wrong coaches, wrong friends trying to find something. And and the devil gets in those details to get you off because then ultimately then you're not going to run with the people you need to. You're not going to be the friend you need to be. You're not going to be the husband that you would need to be. You're not going to be the father that you need to be. And it goes generational. And that's what he's interested in. Because God's truth endures to all generations. And that's what he's opposed to is that truth. So it's not so much about messing up your morning. Don't get overly concerned about that. I'm telling you the devil, he, this morning, forget that. Overcome that and look at some bigger things and realize he's out to alter the direction of your life. So we've got to look real close at some of these things. In Proverbs 2, verse 13, it says, These men turn from the right way. Everybody say right way right way to walk down dark paths. Now follow this. The context of this is if you don't have wisdom, that means you don't know what God wants. You don't know how God wants it. If, if, if you are without wisdom, you'll actually do, do this. You'll miss the right way. You'll turn from the right way and you'll end up on the dark paths because you're only going to have, there's only two paths. You understand that there's just two paths. And so you'll turn off the right one. Why would you turn off the right one? Because there's something you can't see, something you don't know. Something happened to divert you, to distract you, to detour you, to change the direction, to get you off the right path and get you on the wrong path. And it's, and it's all about keeping things going in a certain direction. Look at this. If the, y'all, y'all with me? If the devil can keep you in darkness, you'll destroy yourself. If he can keep you in dryness, you'll keep wandering away further and further. And if he can mess up your direction and keep you off the right path, you'll always be lost. Devil looks at his to-do list. Check, check, check. And his work is done in our life. So we've got to overcome these things. And church, listen to me. And And I've said this word this morning. I'm emboldened by the spirit today. To call you to, to get a hold of these things. This is so vital, not just for you, but also for other people that are, that are connected to you. We got to win. And you know what? We saw in scripture, we are able. We are able. All right, let's look at this. Um, I'm going to do a lot of drawing this morning. Thanks, mom. Now, my mom's in heaven, actually. So, all right. Um, I have taught this, um, our church will be 24 years old in August. Isn't that awesome? 24 year olds in this August. I was a boy preacher. I was like, never mind. That's an old joke. For every truth, there is a road. And so let's let this be the road. It's truth. And if you've been around here for a while, we've taught this and taught this and taught this, but we've got to get this. And on each side of the road for these truths, and in particular, we're talking about Bible truths today. On each side of the road, there are ditches. And these ditches are excess, abuse of what? Of the truth. And over here, it's going to be avoidance. So we're traveling down this road of truth 
And what we want to avoid is the ditches. The ditches represent, get this, extremes. Extremes. I want you to get this principle. All extremes lead to error. All extremes lead to error. Say it with me. All extremes lead to error. Too much of anything. Mess you. Only God can afford to be extreme. And he's extremely God and extremely good, extremely patient, extremely mighty. Only God, only God can afford extremes. We must live a little more balanced kind of life. Our tendency, though, is to go overboard with things. And especially when it comes to truth. But all extremes lead to error, even good things. Um, How many of you know vitamin C is good for you? Okay, let me tell you. Vitamin C is good for you. But how many of you know that too much vitamin C? Well, let me illustrate. Way, way back, um, I traveled with a couple of Christian music groups. And one of them, the first one I traveled with, uh, I grew up in Leesburg. I'd never been anywhere in life, really anywhere. And suddenly I'm riding on a bus traveling all over the country. And we're churches all over the place. And we stopped at a mall one day and somebody in the group went into one of those nutrition stores, GNC or something, and bought this white bottle and it had these chewable vitamin C orange flavored or cherry flavored little wafer kind of deals. And so we're on the bus, we're traveling down the road and someone's, hey, you want want one of these? And I'm sure, vitamin C, it's got to be good for you. So I chomped down on that thing. It was so good. It just tasted so good. Hey, hey, man, can I have another one of those? So got another one or two of those. And I made up my mind. I thought, man, next time we hit a mall or we're so I'm getting me a big bottle of these things. So a day or two later, I got a big bottle of these things. And we're driving across the country. Who knows where, you know, a long trip. And I'm just sitting there. And, and, and back then we had cassettes. Do you all remember cassettes? And I'm, I'm listening, and I, and I had, uh, your tape player then was about this big, though. And it took like 12D batteries, remember that? And I had headphones on, they were like this, you know. But. And so I'm listening and eating some vitamin C, just going down the road. They're, they're about 1,000 milligram a, a chunk here. Going down the road, sharing with my friends. I don't know. I probably have about 30, 35,000 milligrams of vitamin C in me. And let me just say that all extremes lead to the bathroom. I just wanted to say that. So that's something good, but you go to an extreme, you're in trouble. Are you with me? Well, let's look at some of the truths here. You have truths from God's word about... Uh, blessing about grace venture into some of systematic theology and you've got pneumatology which is about the Holy Spirit demonology about about demons Christology about Christ you've got you've got all these different truths what about prosperity what about blessing I want you to know that those are Bible truths but then somebody comes along and takes a truth because they go what is called extra biblical So that means that they go beyond, they heard a Bible idea, but then they add tradition, they add opinion. They don't 
properly uh, divide the word and they end up taking something, adding some emotionalism with it or whatever. And then they take a truth. Here's what they do. And then they drive it into the ditch. Are you hearing me? They, they took it to excess. They abused the truth, prosperity or demons or whatever. A light bulb went out. We've got a light bulb demon loose in the house. No, you don't. Your light bulb burned out. Quit being weird. Go change it. Oh, no, I sense it. No, you don't. You're in a ditch. Or people will be so weird about the Holy Spirit or, or whatever and just, or prosperity and just drive it into a ditch of excess. And here's what happens. Somebody else comes along and says, I don't want to be a part of that wreck. So they drive off into this ditch and avoid it altogether. Uh, a number of years ago, I flew out to uh, Dallas. It was January time. I was going to a minister's conference. It started snowing like the second day there. And to get out to where the meetings were, there was kind of this long country road and it was snowing. And guys had flown in all over the country and a lot of them didn't know how to drive in the snow. And it's snowing. So I've got cars ahead of me. And this happened real time in front of me, about three, four cars ahead of me. I see a guy and the people in front of him put on brakes. He doesn't know what to do. And all of a sudden, and he's sliding, goes right off over into a ditch. The guy right behind him, oh, I don't want to hit him. So he, he hits his brakes and he's off over into a ditch before he know it. I felt like Moses. I felt like the Red Sea was just part, <laughs> parting right in front of me. I got there, got a good parking place, good seats, everything. It's the blessing of God. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. And what happens is, you know, it gets mixed up this way and somebody goes into this ditch. I, I don't want to be a part of that wreck and we do our best to avoid it. Here's the sad thing. Here's the tragic thing. Y'all with me? The sad and tragic thing is both of them miss out on the truth. And Jesus said in John eight thirty two, and you shall know the, the truth and the truth shall make you free. And so we're, it's all about the truth, but we've missed the truth and then people don't end up free. And this is where the devil works really hard to divert traffic, to divert traffic and to get you away from truth. Again, impacting direction in our life. Let's look at Matthew chapter seven, two verses real quick. Jesus said, enter through the narrow gate. Everybody say narrow gate for wide is the gate. Say wide gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and men, many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. So I want to do this. Let's, let's look here. And first of all, it says that there's a wide, a wide gate. So let this stand for the, the gate post, the wide gate. Everybody say wide gate again. And then it says that there's a narrow gate and we'll let that be right here. So it's a narrow gate. And what happens is this is easy to enter. This is easy to travel. You're going to have plenty of company. All you have to do is drift with the crowd. And what it appears to be, and this is the way of the world, okay? This is the way, and and, and I'm not putting anybody down because all of us have been rescued from this way. And if not, hopefully you get rescued today. Easy access, easy entrance, plenty of company, easy to travel, just drift with the crowd, It seems to be a picture of fun, but I want to tell you, it's not a picture of fun. It's a funnel. 
And it leads to one thing. Destruction. There's plenty of options to come in. Easy to come in. Many of us will get caught in those things. Just, just drift, just drift, just go there. It's fun. Come on, come on, come on. But I'm telling you, it leads to destruction. Wide leads to narrow. So guess what? Narrow leads to wide. This only leads to one thing, and that is life. Now follow. Whereas that is easy, the wide gate is easy to enter in. The narrow gate right here, this is easy. Y'all hear? This requires a choice. This requires a decision. This requires something that our, this is going to be a bad word in our culture right here. You ready for it? This requires commitment. And I'm going to say it again. I feel emboldened by the Spirit of God today to call you to commitment. This is not to enter this path, this narrow path that leads to wide, to life. This, this is not where you just add Jesus to your life. Hear me on this. You, know, you got all the stuff going on in your life and just, well, I'll add Jesus in. Like that's going to make your teeth whiter and your breath fresher. Jesus is not an additive. What you have to do is at this point, make a decision. And I'm calling all of us to make this fresh decision. I've got to make a decision. Jesus, I want you to be Savior. Jesus, I want you to be Lord. Now, Lord in the Greek there means owner, ruler, master, superior. Let me put it in our terms. It means boss. Jesus, you're my boss of my life. You are my life. In you, I live and I move and I have my being. But listen, it can't be this mamby-pamby patty cake kind of thing. That's easy up here. What you've got to do right here is make that choice, make that decision, make a commitment. Yeah, yeah, Jesus, you're my life. You're my boss. And here's what happens. You make the choice and then you start walking with Jesus. Everybody say walk. And that means to live out with Jesus, to follow him, to do your best on this. And here's the key operative word, direction, not perfection. Because guess what? We're going to mess it up. How many of you have made that kind of commitment, but you mess it up and we mess it up and we're trying. Jesus, you're, you're the boss. I'm following you. And we take off following him and then we get distracted by something. We get messed up by some, we get turned around. But here's the thing. If you've made that kind of commitment, your heart has a compass. And the Holy Spirit says, no, no. And you don't feel right because you're headed in the wrong way. You're doing that. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You don't feel right. And you know what he do? He's turning you around. He's turning you around. And you get back on track, get messed up with something, distracted by something. Again, I'm telling you, listen to that. That's why you got to be alone with God. That's why you got to be with God's people, God's word. And it'll get you back on track and you keep going. And then it's consistency. It's direction, not perfection. And it's consistency. I might mess up, but I keep going. The righteous man may fall, but he's going to get up again and again and again and again. And God will help him to do that. And, and listen, the devil cannot cope with consistency. He can't handle that guy, that lady who just keeps, he gets them messed up a little bit and they go, oh, no, no, no. 
And they bow a knee before a holy God and thank him for the blood of Jesus that cleanses them. And thank you, Lord, that I'm forgiven and I'm cleansed and I'm free and you're helping me. And here we go again. And you take off and you keep going, you keep going. Now, here's the thing. Make the decision. Make the decision. Walk with Jesus. And here's the thing. The longer you walk with him, I mean really walk with him. The longer you walk with him, the more and more free. You will become, look at this, it leads to life. And the longer I walk with him, the more and more free I become. Let's go back over here. The longer you stay on this course, the more and more damaged and the more and more bound you become. Jesus came so that we could have life. And the devil, he wants to lock you into that thing. Come on, take this easy path. All your cool friends are doing it. I mess with y'all sometimes. I'll see four or five of y'all standing around. I always walk up and go, is this where the cool people hang out? And you know, that's what most people are looking for in their life. Where's, where's the cool people? Where's the cool people? I don't even know what cool is. I tried my whole life to be cool and I'm still not. So I just give up on cool, all right? I just want to be free. I just want to have life. Are y'all with me? And, and here's the thing. Let me tell you about cool. The definition, the standards keep changing. This is the third service. Can I tell you a story I didn't tell the others? Uh, never mind that. You want my story? All right, okay. Because cool is a moving target. I'm like a senior in high school. Platform shoes were in, baby. Come on, how many had platform shoes? I wanted platform shoes. My mom and dad said, you don't need no platform shoes. So finally, they relent. They consent. I go to J.M. Fields. How many of y'all remember J.M. Fields? Looked like wood, plastic, but nonetheless, this would fit for cool. I show up in my cool platform shoes. Three weeks late. We don't wear those things. Story of our life, right? Listen, it's not about cool. It's not about fitting in. It's not about drifting with the crowd. It's about being free. It's about, it's about being alive. And I'm telling you, wide leads to narrow like a funnel. But narrow leads to wide, leads to life. The river of God that flows from the throne of God in Ezekiel 47, it says it starts out as a small stream and it turns into this incredible mighty river And wherever it goes, whatever it touches, flourishes with life. Let me read you a couple scriptures and we'll finish. Psalm 18, verse 19 says, he also brought me out into a, help me, broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Psalm 118, verse 5, I called on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a, what? In a broad place over and over and over again. We see in scripture that God will bring you out to a place of salvation and freedom. It's a large and open place. The narrow leads to wide. John 10, 10 in the Amplified, the thief, watch this. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. But he goes on to say, but I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Jesus came not only to save you, he came to free you. Salvation is incredible now, and it also has much to do with then. Everything to do with then. But you've got to be free now. 
I know a lot of people that are heaven bound and saved, but they're earth bound and not free. And I want you to know that Jesus came to set you free. And it starts with a decision, a choice that I'm going to go through this narrow gate. And Jesus, you're my boss. You're my life. I'm not just adding you to my life. You are my life. And I'm promising you, you walk with him. And the longer you walk with him, the more and more free you'll become. And this is why the enemy has to get involved in this and try to divert traffic. And get you off the right course. Get you stuck into ditches. Get you chasing after the wrong things. Get you just drifting with the crowd. Hey, we don't, love, we don't hate the crowd. We love the crowd. We were the crowd. Jesus rescued us from just drifting. And, and, and all along that way, on the way to destruction, comes damage, damage, damage. Many of us have damage in our life because of how far we went down the funnel. But I'm, it's so wonderful that Jesus came to save he came to heal and he came to free. And we will fight with all that we are. And especially being equipped and informed, we're going to know it's not about perfection, but it is about direction of our life. And God will help us so that we are free and we are saved and we have that life. Amen. Do you get anything at all out of this today?